This is the Macworld Podcast, episode 551 for March 22nd, 2017. Welcome back to the Macworld Podcast, folks. I'm Glenn Fleischman, your regular host, and uh, we got a big hassle of news to talk about. It's March, but things happen in March sometimes. That enthusiastic voice you hear is Susie Oaks, the executive editor of Macworld. Susie, you are pumped. Woo-woo, hardware in your face. Everybody iPad. It's pretty amazing right now. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, we woke up uh, and had uh, Apple had slipped in. They'd, they'd sent some signals. So we record this on Tuesdays typically. And we woke up in the morning. It's like, da da It's a little bit like the um, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Uh, Arthur Dent wakes up. He's got a hangover. He walks around. He uh, picks up his teeth uh, or picks up his toothbrush, looks <laughs> in the mirror, sees a bulldozer, adjusts it so he can brush his teeth, walks downstairs, starts to pour cereal uh, for you know his milk, and a word passes through his mind, yellow bulldozer. Um, and it's not till later he realizes what's going on. It sort of felt like that this morning. It's like, oh, yeah, there's something going on. There's some signs like, oh, here we go. No event, just uh, new iPads. Uh, revisions to iPads, red iPhone 7 and 7 Plus, and a new app, plus uh, new Apple Watch bands and an update for Swift Playgrounds. Bunch of stuff. So let's let's dive in. iPad, uh, Apple facing some of the slowing sale issue. Apple is not – Apple is very interesting about margins, right, Susie? Like they almost always, not exclusively, replace – an older unit with a newer one, and they price it the same. It's it's mm-hmm. a it's a very good Apple Watcher thing to say. Like if Apple actually lowers the price for a matrix position, like this product with this memory and these capabilities and our flagship, when that price goes down uh, with a new introduction, it usually means there's a, co- a competitive factor. They're actually trying to push more units out there, get people to buy them, or compete against something in the market. So this uh, kind of fits that, right? Yeah, well, today's announcements or this week's announcements, since you'll hear this tomorrow, um, are about um, sort of the lower end iPads. So the Mm -hmm. iPad Air, um, before this, we had the iPad Pro, the iPad Air, the iPad Mini. The iPad Air 2 is going away. It's being rebranded as just the iPad. So now you have Pro, iPad, and Mini. So no iPad Air of any kind anymore. No more iPad Airs. The Air has um, evaporated. Apple kind of does that. They take the Air away when it becomes um, sort of standard. <laughs> All the Air has gone out of the room. That's right. That's for sure. So, um, yeah, got the wind knocked out of that line up there. So there's um, the iPad. It's It's new because it's like it's a new – rebranded product with a different chip at a new price point, but it's not really a new iPad. It's So it's the same 9.7-inch you know, form factor as the iPad Air 2. It looks just like an iPad Air 2. The iPad Air 2 had an A8X processor. Right. The iPad Air, or I'm sorry, <laughs> the, the rebranded iPad, just iPad, um, has the A9. So that's the chip that's in the iPhone 6S. Right, didn't, didn't bump um, to the A10. Yeah, the well, the pros have the A10X, right. so this is the differentiation now. It's no longer size. The storage has come up, so the iPad has um, 32 gigabytes of storage for 329, which is the lowest we've ever seen them sell a big iPad for. Exactly. Yeah. And then if you want to pay a hundred dollars more, you can quadruple the storage to 128 gigabytes, and those are the only two SKUs. Um, I'm, I didn't see. Um, I'm just catching up. So are they still doing the um, Wi-Fi versions? Or are the cellular versions of these? Or yes, is it... these are still yes, available. Yes, so you okay. still pay the $130 you know, okay. extra so if you want to sell the version. Either. 
Right. So the difference um, besides, you know, price is um, the the Pro has, you know, some special features still that make it the Pro. And that's um, four speakers, uh, the faster processor, Apple Pencil supports, and then the 9.7 inch has that True Tone display. None of those are on the iPad. So it's really closer to the iPad Air to than the iPad Pro, and um, but it's it's super capable. And at three twenty nine for thirty two gigabytes, like that's not bad. And then so I'm then they keep the, the mini around too. too. Oh, so the original uh, and this to compare the original iPad introduced in two thousand ten. Uh, my recollection is I'm trying to find the original memory spec on it, but it was um, it was five hundred dollars was the entry level unit, which surprised everybody. Uh, and uh, what did it have for storage? It had uh, oh yeah, you could get sixteen Eight? gigabytes Six? even back 16? then. 16? Yeah, isn't that amazing? Okay. Um, so, and they kept the size uh, consistent for a long time. So sixteen gigabytes in 2010 got you an iPad that was very heavy and slow, uh, and pretty much you know had a big bezel and everything. And now it was amazing. It was incredible. And now for 329 so even with inflation, which has been small, we're seeing it at, you know, effectively about 40% less, maybe 30, 40% less in current and constant dollars with um, that's a, it's a good, uh, good arc over seven years, I think, for a product. Yeah, it's pretty good. So that's kind of the mid-range one now. If you don't care about those pro features, if you're not going to get an Apple Pencil, um, the iPad is a good buy. And since they just refreshed it, it should take iOS updates for you know at least like three years, you would have yeah, to think. The, the A9 is in so many uh, phones and other yes. devices that um, – I mean I think that's the critical thing is the split in the, uh, in the recent past – for uh, iOS updates had to do with 32-bit and 64-bit processors. Speed was an issue, but we're well over the 64-bit divide. And the A9, I mean, uh, even the A... um uh, the A8, but the X, uh, but the A9, A10 and series, um, I think those will be supported for, I wouldn't be surprised if that's based on the current thinking, like five or six years or more. So that's, this is, this like is with good. iPhones, you know, you're going to get a new one in a, like a couple of years. So I don't ever really think about like processors and how long you'll have software. But as we've seen, like having iPads that just won't quit, um, how long you're going to have this thing, like you almost want to get the best processor available when you're buying it just so you get the most iOS upgrades before it gets discontinued. But that said, so the iPad mini is still around and that's my favorite size. Um, my son, we just broke ours. It has the um, the lines across the display now. It's so like a connector is probably loose inside oh, yeah. there or something. So I brought home, I, I tried to find another iPad at work to bring home so he could use. And I ended up bringing home the 12.9 inch <laughs> iPad Pro. So it's like twice the size, <laughs> oh right? Oh my gosh, yeah. And he, it's way too big for him. He's yeah, like sitting there kind of bouncing it on his knee. And I'm like, be careful, be careful. Like the, the mini just seemed way more our speed. So the new mini, um, the, the iPad mini for, they're just calling it the iPad mini now. It's still in the lineup. The iPad mini 2 is gone. There's only one storage SKU, but it's 128 gigabytes for $399. And that's the only – wait, now let me make sure I understand. That's, that's the so old, tempting. The only mini left for sale. The only mini left for sale. Right. But it has the A8 chip. Exactly. So, so that means it's probably going away because they, they tend to – I'm surprised though. I guess I'm thinking. But if they just kind of said, like, here it is for sale, like, you know, you think it has to be like a couple of years at least from today. Yeah, well, the A8, I think, could be supported for a while because the, the architecture issue for, I mean, there was the 32 bit and 64 bit thing. There were a few other architectural issues like coprocessor chip, I think, and um, some other things. But I, I think, uh, I'm trying to remember the oldest iPad. The iPads had a, a shorter, uh, the early units had a shorter upgrade lifetime, right? But, um, 
I think you could update. Uh, I've got an iPad 4, and it's still fully upgradable to iOS 10, and I believe um, – oh, no, that was a 32-bit version, though, so I couldn't run Swift Playgrounds on it. So that one is now uh, – trying to think how old it is four years old and i think it might get another ios update update and go to five uh five years worth of system updates um yeah i wouldn't buy an a8 right now especially i mean the storage feels like they are trying to clear units out as opposed to uh they must be making some new ones too that's oh so there there had been this thought that the uh the uh, uh the iphone plus versions would eat out i mean it's like this really weird dynamic right the ipad mini is not a phone but you can get it with a cellular option and you can use it with other phones you can make calls on it and it's small enough but not super small it wasn't as small as a phone once you put the plus in then the mini gets cannibalized by plus sales i assume even though the plus is much more expensive and it's a phone and blah 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 um and it's not quite as big so that's i think there must have been some room in there for a slightly bigger device and the plus one, the plus certainly um, makes them more uh, per unit uh, dollars. And um, given all the plans that are out there for financing, it may simply be, I mean, it's an interesting thing. If you can buy uh, an iPhone seven plus for, you know, what does it start at seven fifty, I think. Um, and, or a six plus for much less or a hundred, at least a hundred dollars less now, I think, um, and pay it off on a two year or three year plan. That's different than buying an iPad mini all at once and putting all the money up front. So I wonder about that. Uh, so this is starting to, but this clears up the line a little bit, right? So we have an iPad 9.7 inch iPad or iPad pro in that size. We've got the 12.9 inch iPad pro and the mm-hmm. mini is going to disappear. Yep. And then that's going to be it. So essentially three. And no more numbers. No more yeah. like iPad Air 2, iPad Mini 4. It's just like iPad, iPad Mini, iPad Pro. And the iPad Pro has numbers for the sizes. But it's like it's it simplifies things quite a little bit, I think. But So we'll, this will wind up being now the new lineup. This actually becomes much better. You have the iPhone SE, the full featured phone that's, uh, I forget the dimensions, at 5.5 inches, right? And then the six something inch, I don't remember the numbers, for the Plus phone. Then you'll have uh, the 9.7-inch iPad or iPad Pro and then 12.9-inch iPad Pro. And then that's kind of the whole iOS lineup, right? And there's an iPod Touch in there somewhere as well for the time being. Um, but once the, once the Mini sells out or they, uh, they eventually get rid of the rest of it. So that's a lot fewer – it feels like a lot fewer devices than they had. They had a lot of SKUs and a lot of numbers and a lot of names. And this um, may help people. Uh, overchoice, having too many options can disable people being able to make a decision. So it's like, hey, you get the iPad – or the iPad Pro. What's the difference? Well, this one does this and this. Okay, well, I just need the iPad. And it's only 329 to start with, so boom. Done. Yeah, I think they're going to I think that's that's that could help. I mean, so we talked recently about um schools sort of uh veering toward uh, uh Chromebooks more than iPads and you know, having these lower cost iPads that are, you know, easy to administer and going to be updated for a few years, I think helps. It's a little disconcerting that the iPad mini has gone, has gotten rid of like the lower end. So, I'm, you know, I, I'm still tempted by this thing because I love the mini size. Yeah. Maybe they think that, um, I mean, they have the data. So maybe classrooms like widely prefer the bigger size just because it's easier for kids to work with or something. But um but I think just, you know, keeping the cost down, but that when they kept the, – so I'm glad they kept the mini around, but they kept like the more expensive version around. So they didn't keep like a super cheap mini around, which, you know, may, which 
would be good for the education market. But, but there's a size issue. It's like I think I think they must have knowing Apple the way they know how to figure out which products are in demand. They must have discovered people are just not buying the small capacity yeah. uh, minis, and so they're like, "All right, people want a big one. We'll we'll leave it in there for the time being. We'll see how it does. If it does performs well enough, maybe they'll keep it in place." But it sounds like they're not going to be. Um, it sounds unlikely you, they're going to update it. It's only thirty dollars more if you're going to get the mini for three ninety nine. It's only thirty dollars more to get the iPad Air. I mean, sorry, the bigger iPad with the same hundred get twenty eight gigabytes that is of storage. Also, should, should point out that's a fantastic deal now. That's a really good deal. Four twenty nine for a hundred and twenty eight gigs. Well, we know really Apple good. buys memory chips in the bazillions, so the, the it's finally gotten cheap enough for them to make. I mean, because oh, I've, yeah. I've always figured the memory jumps are like a hundred dollars, whatever increments they do. It's you know if it was thirty two six. 16, 32, 64, it's gotta whatever. be like ten bucks in cost, well, right? Yeah, exactly. The margin on memory upgrades are are vast for them. And the same thing with cellular; they always charge one hundred thirty dollars more because that's the value to people. But I suspect at this point that is you know could be fifty percent margin. I don't know. Um, it's got to be a it's got to be a lot. The chips are super cheap now. There's a lot of licensing and patenting costs on patent costs on uh, cellular, but still, it's not. Um, uh, there's the rule of thumb is usually that, uh, or I've seen in the past with electronics that. The uh, the part uh, you multiply the part cost by like ten dollars to get the final price, and that includes some margin. So, um, but I don't think it even costs thirteen bucks. They're making even more margin there. Well, that's a lot of stuff. That's a lot of stuff. But hey, you know what? There's more. There's even more going on. Um, the red iPhone Seven, the rumored product red, has. Uh, has appeared. Um, it's real. It's real and red. These uh, product red phone or product red uh, devices are um, fundraising efforts. They, uh, different companies make products with this color and branding, and uh, they donate. Uh, I don't know what percentage of the proceeds. Not all the profit, but is it? Some? I think. Um, oh, I just looked this up the other day, and I think it it's supposed to be like a quarter. Oh, okay, so there's some there's a standard, but it goes to the global fund, which uh, helps the, uh, the fight against AIDS and HIV. And Apple has donated 130 million dollars so far to the global fund, wow. um, the largest corporate donor. Um, and it's a great effort. This is a great public private thing, and it well, lets and it's people m- mostly like smaller products. It's mostly like I. Pods and oh, yeah. they haven't sold um, that like much. cases. They've done. They did a couple. They did like a special edition Mac, I think, once and like auctioned it. But there hasn't been like these big ticket. Like there's no iPad. There's no iPhone until today. So no, this is going to so be. Get, I mean, it's, it's hopefully when the next iPhone comes out, there'll be a product red one in from the get go, and it won't be like this mid cycle refresh. But um, although mid cycle, you know, they're all trying, good things. They're good trying things. to entice people who held out, and now those people are being rewarded. Oh, 50. It's supposed to be fifty percent of profits. Oh, 50 percent. Oh, that's great. That's great. And it's so. And this will also come in a so it's one hundred twenty eight gig and a two hundred fifty six two hundred fifty six gigabyte. Uh, version, so that's also uh, pretty fabulous. I think that's going to be the thing that pushes um, some people. You can't. Oh wait, can you get a two fifty six gig? Uh? So it's just the sevens. I think that was new with the sevens. I want to say because right, yeah, I'm looking at a seven eighteen T silver two fifty six for thirty five dollars a month from AT and T. But if you're going to do that, get the red one. It's prettier. I don't know. So, yeah, Product Red, we're big supporters, um, and those are both 
out on Friday. Um, I think it would look cooler with a black face as long as we're like tweaking colors. So the only iPhone you can get that's black on the front is the the black iPhones and all the other ones come with white. Wouldn't it be sort of cool if they let you pick like black or white face and then, mm-hmm. you know, whatever color on the back? Because I think red and black would look awesome. It would be oh, sort yeah. of a, a throwback to the U2 iPod back oh, in does, the day. Does anyone want to be reminded of that? The- I don't know. It was kind of cool. All right, Before the phone was too. cool. The phone was cool. They didn't put the phone in our pockets without us asking, that's for sure. Um, there was also the iPod. A, the iPod was cool. Yeah, with yeah. that red click wheel, that thing was badass. Was awesome. uh, the, the iPhone SE, just by the way, also got a bump today. So it's Yay. doubling. Yeah, it's getting rid of that same ridiculous. Same everything, same price, same chip, yeah. same size. It's just a storage bump. So they used to be 16 and 64. Now they're 32 and 128. And the 16 thing was ridiculous. And 32 increasingly, 32 gigabytes increasingly seems ridiculous given uh, memory pricing and everything else. So this is good. 32 is much more respectable, but uh, I don't I talked think to multiple friends of mine who were like, I want the iPhone SE. Like they saw me using the review unit we had and they were like, that's the phone I want. But 64 gigs, I think I'm going to grow out of it very quickly. So having a 128 really? option on that is going to be, yeah, like I've talked to like three different people who told me that. They what were all they like store? mom friends of mine who like wanted the small ones, like just tons of pictures. It fills up really fast. The iCloud photo library. What's the deal? <laughs> no one wants to use that. It's then you have trash. to pay Apple. Five, I use you know, Google. Two. I tell everyone to put Google photos on there. But then you have to, if you use but Google But then Google's photos. looking at all my photos. I know. And then you got to clear out the photos too because Google syncs, but it doesn't yeah, delete the photos. I just like delete them all. This is a problem. We get this question a lot in Mac 911. People say, I don't want to use iCloud photo library, but I don't want to manage my photos. Well, yeah, not a solution until Apple gives people a hook, third parties a hook in there. So the red phone, uh, and now for some other interesting things too. Oh, so both, um, we mentioned this, that uh, on Friday, if you're listening to this before, Friday of this week, uh, the, both uh, the red phone, red iPhones and the iPhone SE new uh, storage versions go on sale on Friday. Yes. When do the iPads go on sale? I missed that. Is that they already shipping? Um, I don't remember. Let me check. The iPads. Those go on sale Friday as well, apparently. The new iPad Friday. goes on sale Friday. Yes, Friday. That's all. Oh, that's right. Because most of it is there's one new iPad, essentially, and everything else is old stuff. Right? Yes. That's yes. As confusing as that might sound because there's a yeah, lot of so changes. Yeah, so I guess if you wanted an iPad Mini 2, you could like run, don't run walk to, the to the store. The- Get one like today, but and you could also watch the refurb store. Sometimes they dump some, or you could watch eBay. They dump some on there sometimes too. eBay. So Apple, I mean, so I'm sorry, Amazon or eBay? eBay, uh, I think. eBay, yeah. But yeah. Just be careful. Be careful you buy it. Yeah, yeah. Or find Definitely. third parties. Caveats, mTOR. Uh, what? Another thing announced. Kind of weird. Kind of weird thing. Kind of strange. Apple's new Clips app. It's like a, this looks like fun. It's fun. Well, and what's interesting is the app is designed to help you uh, capture and edit and then share on other services. And this is a little different than things from Apple. So you can share on iMessage, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, video, Vimeo, and other places. This reminds me, there have been many efforts over the years to create kind of uh, – I mean, there's the, there's the silo mentality, which is like Instagram. Like, hey, create something here and it stays here or Vine or whatever. I mean, you can export stuff, but – it's really intended internally. Instagram then made it easy. Um, I think uh, they were an interesting one because I can't remember how early this was. They added uh, the ability to share to other places. So you're like, okay, you can get out of the Instagram silo. And I actually switched to Instagram when that became fully featured. So I post to Instagram, but then I simultaneously post often to Twitter and Facebook, sometimes to um, Flickr even. And that means all the different 
social graphs I'm involved with can see the same image. They all link back. To, they get a preview in those different media. So Facebook or Twitter will show the image now. Um, mm-hmm. They say now, but it's been a while. Uh, but then they have a link so people can follow that back to Instagram. But it's great. Um, this is kind of like that, but but uh, even more so, video has been a hard thing to crack. There's a lot of different apps. I mean, there's Snapchat. There's Instagram. There was Vine. Uh, there's um, uh I'm trying to think of other apps. There's a bunch of apps for doing this, like standalone apps that let you edit stuff. This is designed to be more like a, um, uh, you know, a, a hub, a central place to do something without hosting anything. And that is kind yeah. of slick. Yeah. So when Vine took their service offline, they changed it to like Vine camera. And now you can shoot Vines and like send them out. And that's kind of what this is. This is like Apple's like shoot Vines. It's sort of interesting that the default screenshot is uh, it's an African-American guy in in a bow tie. And it says, dress to impress, wear a bow tie. If he was doing something really crazy, like I would say like, that's a Vine star. They're trying to get the Vine stars to like come over. Just standing there. Yeah, because like so, yeah. When when Vine stopped doing that, the whole community that had really embraced Vine was like, "What the heck? Um, you're kind of leaving us out in the cold." But anyway, um, so yeah, this is sort of like, so you're shooting like Vine, where you're just tapping to hold it down. You can put a few clips together, but you don't have to deal with like a timeline. So iMovie is just it's too complicated for if you just want to like do something really goofy and share it quickly, like you could with Vine. Um, but then it also has like, you know, filters and stickers and emoji and stuff. So it's got kind of that Snapchat flavor that everyone's trying to copy now. So it could be it could be a cool thing. Um, it doesn't launch until April. So we haven't gotten a chance to um, to try it out yet. It's also going to have what they call live titles, which is a speech to text transcription. Ooh. So I don't know. Does that mean like that whatever funny thing the person yells in the vine, like in the video uh, gets, gets translated or That's you have awesome to like do that though. yourself. So well, it says you, you'll, you'll essentially um, uh, it's got dictation. Um, so yeah. it's not, it won't just translate it automatically. So you can then uh, mess around with things. animate the captions. So maybe it uses like some machine learning where if you say like, woohoo, it animates one way. And if you say like, woohoo, it animates another way. Like, I don't know. It's going to be really fun to play with. I love it. That's actually an accessibility feature too. So that's oh, kind of, yeah. all right, because uh, if that happens automatically. And there's a face recognition feature that um, suggests who you should share with based on who's in the video. So if you're always taking videos of the same people, it'll just say, hey, go ahead, send that to all those people. I dig so that's it. kind of fun, and then and then I guess it's up to you know you can share it to to wherever once you've created it. But yeah, it's not a it's not a hosted service Which where you're great. tweeting out links. You have to actually send it somewhere else. This is that difference between um, uh, we'll talk later in the episode if there's time or next week about I'm looking at Mac uh, DVR software, digital video recording software for Mac OS, and there's an interesting split between something like Plex, which is. Uh, a way to bring all your stuff in one place and something like, Oh, I don't know, like a Netflix or a, even some of the other services where they're trying to get licensed and bring stuff into their service. Um, mm-hmm. So like not having a host, like there's just, a, there's, there's siloing and non siloing. And I think Apple not trying to extend iCloud with this. Like I don't even see an iCloud option. I mean, I'm discussion. sure you could send them to like your, like, you know, shared iCloud albums um, I, if you I wanted guess, to do that like... and then it would blow up all your friends, you know, phones who are sharing that album and that would be kind of fun. But well, yeah, it it's feel not... like they're pushing that. They're pushing it out to social networks. So this yeah. is Apple. I mean, you know, this is part of the is Apple, you know, there's the Apple uh, is, of course, failing thing, even as it makes vast amounts of money. That's a meme. 
a trope, whatever. But I think Apple is struggling to remain relevant uh, in a world in which social networks have enormous importance. And uh, they've failed at introducing social networks in the past. And even this, the Apple Music thing lets you subscribe to musicians. I don't know what's going on with that. Like, I don't, I don't know. So, I'm glad there's no social in here because it's yeah. kind of Apple doing what they do best, which is giving creative people like tools to make cool stuff. And if that's yep. you know what happens with this, like you know we have ways to share that. Like people just want it to go on Twitter. So if this is exactly. like a, you know a, an actual video going on Twitter, that might actually work better in all the different ways that people have to consume Twitter rather than like you know a link. Because if it's like a link to a hosted thing, like you know does it play good in the official Twitter app? Does it play good on the Twitter? website does it look good you know in in third-party twitter clients if it's just a video that you're just uploading like you know that then it's kind of it's it's a little easier to figure out um for for each client and apple doesn't have to worry about that part so i'm I'm excited to play we'll we'll try to get um early access and uh and and have some how-tos and stuff for when it drops but um there's no official launch date it's sometime in april that's good uh yeah i think anything that doesn't put apple in the social is good (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Based on history, they don't need. They don't need to. It's we. Other companies kind of have they that. They don't need to. A um, couple other bits of news today. Um, new uh, Apple Watch bands. Um, Swift Playgrounds got an update for more languages and uh, some new cases. Um, nothing that exciting about that. I mean, if you're into Swift Playgrounds, it's great because it introduces, um, gives access to more people who are native speakers of other languages. Gives them better access to, uh, for you know kid and adult education to learn a programming language. Um, yes. Apple watch bands. You think they're still too expensive? Um, yeah, well, you know, I've been, uh, exploring the world of knockoff Apple watch bands. Yeah. So, um, yeah, there's, you know, there's a lot out there. I mean, especially like there's new colors for the sport bands. Don't ever buy a sport band from Apple. The <laughs> knockoff sport bands are great, <laughs> but like some of these other ones are really pretty. I mean, this leather Hermes, Hermes band in the yellow is, is mm-hmm. gorgeous, but that doesn't match every, you're not going to want to wear yellow every single day and it's $339. It's ways so, to, uh, yeah. High margin additions to a thing. That's a commodity product. That is yeah. the, uh, that's the way it works. Yeah, my next batch that I'm gonna order, I'm gonna get the um, the leather loop, um, which you can't. Apple doesn't even sell that in a 38 millimeter oh. version, so I can't even buy one of those from Apple. But they have them on Amazon, so I'm gonna order one of those. Um, I'm also I'm still using the leather band that I bought because people were like, "Oh, you like it now, but how's it gonna hold up?" Like that's you know the quality that you're you're missing when you get the knockoff, and that's a fair point. So I'm gonna try that, and then everyone wants to know about the. Um, rose gold um mayonnaise loops uh, milanese loops because uh <laughs> mm, apple mayonnaise. has them in like uh silver and black but um if if you buy a knockoff you can get one in gold or in rose gold so i'm, I'm gonna check out a few of those and see if they look nice or cheap phew well, so I think look that, for that coming soon to macworld.com uh, yeah so and um as we pointed out the uh up front there was no uh this was just slipped out in the news 6 a.m uh pacific time yeah, Mac Rumors noticed yesterday that the store was going to be down. The store had a planned outage from midnight to 5.30 a.m. Pacific. And they were like, they huh, I bet they'll put in new products. And, and, and we even understand. covered that room. We were like, hey, yeah, good good call, Mac Rumors. Maybe new products. And I was still felt surprised this morning. So I don't know what, do they what have? my what problem is. What are people is. doing? Why do they take the store down? Nobody else does that. It's so weird. It's like I they have people hand-tooling HTML or something. It's mo- Most companies... When I started, and then we would go to... Um, events and my old mentor Rick Mischleski, um was like when when they had the 
the musical guest at the end of the events, he was like, you know what this is for? This is just to keep us in our seats a little more like oh, yeah, you, yeah. back then like you you'd have to kind of like leave the event to like file your story almost like it wasn't everything like in real time is it like it is now and he's like they're just keeping us here for like a few more minutes while they like flip all the switches and make everything live on the website because the website would be like come down during the store and then they would put it back up but now it's like yeah they shouldn't have to take the whole thing down for four hours to to launch a few new products like maybe it's maybe that was like our tip off i don't know I am. Um, I shouldn't have been surprised. I'm sorry. I feel like I let everyone down. You let us all down <laughs> by having a tiny delay before. But my East Coast staff had was on it. They had it all covered by the time I got to work. So it is, it is just so funny. I I don't know. I I mean, I feel like um. Well, we we all know that Apple's back end is a little creaky. Like they're it's so uneven. <laughs> you talk to developers, and you can tell when things get better because suddenly really weirdly broken stuff. I mean, you especially see it on the developer side because the, the whole Apple store was built using like iWeb. <laughs> oh God. Well it's using web it was originally built using web objects or something like that, I think. Um yeah. because uh um it just, you know, I know they've rewritten parts of it, but you just, the infrastructure is so creaky and weird and things go wrong. And the developers are always posting about, yeah, you know, and it's like believing in Xcode is like believing in a just universe or something because you're just so, so often um, disappointed in uh, the outcomes. Uh, we have some other news this week. If there's, should we, should we talk about other things? I guess. We've got some other things going on. <laughs> yeah, we haven't exhausted our audience yet. Um, so uh, some follow up, a very small. A uh, piece of follow-up, and then we'll have some other stuff. Is uh, remember last week when I said WikiLeaks was going to take the seemingly unprecedented move of not disclosing something and working with uh, software companies to repair uh, and hardware companies to repair flaws that they discovered in the uh, alleged, seemingly confirmed uh, CIA cache that they acquired of uh, hacking tools. And uh, well, you know, it turns out Julian Assange not as reasonable as people might have thought. Um, maybe being in an embassy for years uh, without much human contact does that to you. He's uh, imposed a number of demands on the companies before he releases it. It doesn't sound like companies are particularly interested in meeting his demands. And these tools are actually out of date enough that it's likely um, that uh, recent versions of software will probably repaired everything in place. The real risk of course is software that or hardware that can't be updated or outdated software that's in place uh, where it's impossible to reach or there aren't updates. So older versions of Android, are obviously an issue. I just fired up, uh, someone gave me an Android phone because uh, they were working with a company and they had extras, a, a hardware company, I won't mention the name, and I just fired it up and it's like, oh, it's running Android 4.1 and oh, it's tied to AT&T and oh, unless I get AT&T service on this phone, I can't push a new version of Android to it because it uses AT&T for its conduit. So I have to root the phone if I want a newer version than a not terribly reliable version of Android. So um, that's where the greatest risk lies. If you look at iOS and uh, Mac OS version uh, uh, deployment rates by share, it's like iOS, because they push it at you, iOS uh, gets updated very, very rapidly. And as we we're talking about, like most devices that are uh, still in use can be updated. Not all of them, but many. Uh, and the older devices are such poor targets that people tend to not use those because they can't rely that anybody interesting is using a uh, that they need is using an old, uh, unpatched iOS device or a version of iOS that is uh, still vulnerable. So, uh, interesting problem. But Wikipedia is, hey, you know, Wiki, I'm sorry, WikiLeaks rather, not Wikipedia, WikiLeaks. There we go. 
Uh, so we'll see what happens. And the companies may, I mean, I thought Assange would say something like, you know, first you have to agree to never work with any government ever again. Then I will give you all the secrets. But um, it's not quite that. He just has uh, various various uh, demands that he likes and we'll see what happens. I don't like that man. I am. Uh, I'm not a big fan of him. Not, not because of, uh, well, the political issue. We don't need to get into why we can. We don't. I don't. don't, He's got, I have issues. I have issues with him. Not necessarily the notion of, uh, revealing government misdeeds. How about that? Um, he's icky. icky. Uh, so another thing that's come up, this is not follow up news story. Most uh, actually, let me uh, swap the order of something. I just want to mention John Jonathan uh, Zajarski, who's been a guest on this Friend show, of the podcast, of the podcast, been a guest on the show, one of the leading um, uh, Apple security researchers, uh, released the software Little Flocker, which is a way to protect yourself uh, in advance of being attacked by ransomware, which has not hit widely on the Mac at all. There's a couple really really oh, what bad if they ways build to that into mac os would that be amazing well that's the thing so yeah so jonathan uh well they need to yeah that's right jonathan has uh, joined apple he made a brief announcement several days ago that he was uh and then vanished he was disappearing yeah so we will not be hearing from jonathan until no, he leaves the company at some point in gone. the far future uh because especially security people happy trails jonathan. well actually interesting <laughs> apple has become more transparent in certain ways and they do send uh they will sometimes make some of their engineers available working on key like on top they level to- folks Security conferences yeah. and stuff, right? Yeah. And you can sometimes get them on the phone. Like I haven't interviewed one, but I've seen definitely seen interviews uh, with folks who are either um, you know sort of executive ish uh, manager level folks, or and he's a good communicator, so maybe is. they'll make that part of his role. It'd be great. Yeah, he's we can very all good at, hope and pray that would be amazing. Um, but I'm so excited. Uh, there's actually been uh, several slow hires into Apple that are just from great outside people. I mean, Jonathan has been a consistent, you know, let's say critic in the best way of Apple is that he has been, he has done um, all the proper disclosure and all the good stuff to help Apple uh, do better. And little flocker, as we've talked about in the show before it, if you install it, which I have, it alerts you when any program attempts to read or write to a location, a file or a folder that you haven't already approved it for. And um, it's come a long way. I've given him a lot of feedback. He's really good at taking feedback. And so I think some of my suggestions have made their way in. Uh, and I've also uh, I've had some I had some serious problems with certain versions and helped him uh, debug some some issues. It's very stable and um, and it, it's a pain while you're training it because it'll be like, hey, Dropbox wants to write to the Dropbox folder. Is that cool? It's like, yes, that's okay. Um, he's added some prefab, so for certain products, you can say import all these rules at once. Oh, that'd uh, be huge. Be yeah, like, oh, I see you have Dropbox and right, you, you know iMovie, import... and they're going to want to write to these folders. And exactly. That's so you hit that once, and he also added a, a, some options so people who are more paranoid or more into the research side can uncheck these options. But you can also now uh, when you uh, approve a rule, you can say this rule should also be applied towards versions that are signed with the same certificate. So uh, that way, a, a malicious version of, of an app that it pretends to be something would still trigger it, but not the original app. So you'd have to assume that the developer had completely oh, awesome. lost control. So I get very few prompts these days, and it's uh, and because I got it kind of trained. Um, yeah. But I love it. And so if a ransomware package, if there were, um, <laughs> on a Facebook thread, a friend of mine is a tech writer uh, and uh, does not use the Mac, typically apparently got into a fight on another Facebook thread about um, <laughs> Mac malware where people were patronizing her and saying, no, there's no malware for the Mac. It's not, it's not really a problem. And she's like, look, we know. And I was agree. I'm like, I don't use anti-malware software like a virus detector because it's a um, 
uh, horses out of the barn problem for most of that. But I do use a little Flocker and I do take other precautions. I use a text only mail program. So I never render images in my mail program. Um, I don't recommend that people necessarily install antivirus, but I also, it's like, if it makes you more comfortable, there are packages out there that are perfectly reasonable or not, not, um, adware and crap. There's uh, Inigo or Intego, however you pronounce that. There's, um, I would install so some other companies I won't even mention. There's Clam AV. So there's products you can install if you're concerned. If you interact with uh, Windows users a lot, or for that matter, a- Android or other Linux users, um, you should have antivirus installed to check to make sure you're not passing off viruses to those people in attachments. So that's the big exception. Like I would mm-hmm. always be scanning my, in- I would want something, if I was constantly working with Windows people or, or non-Mac people, I would definitely have antivirus software installed to scan all the files coming in and out just in case so I don't email somebody a macro virus and they happen to be unpatched or something. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm well afield. But so, Jonathan, we will we'll miss your public side, but we'll see what kind of work gets uh, incorporated into uh, iOS and macOS as a result of his involvement. It's very exciting. Congrats, Jonathan. Congrats, Good. Apple. Good work for them. Uh, so this is a slightly unrelated story. It's a security story. But uh, news came out this week. In the usual way, it's been announced by this administration. This is not a political issue. It's a competency issue. Um, <laughs> instead, of, instead of a coordinated program that would help us understand what's going on, uh, the uh, U.S. Uh, government told a number of Middle Eastern uh, countries' airlines that they would have to ban electronics larger than a cell phone and, and not a necessary medical device that needed to be operated during the flight from being in the cabin. Um, so you'd have to check a laptop, a tablet, an e-reader, Kindle. You'd have to check a Kindle. I would rather swim. I would rather swim. Yeah, and this is like a quasi-secret Across, policy. I'm like, like oceanic flight. How do you Come have a quasi-secret no policy? Tablet. It starts uh, the day we're recording, March 21st. Uh, how do you have, it's ostensibly a quasi-secret policy. And I'm like, how do you have a quasi-secret policy yeah, when like millions of- several countries, we're not saying yeah, which ones. It doesn't affect any traveling. U.S. carriers. Right. All that happens, on, I mean, A, it provokes complete confusion. I mean, I understand if you're trying to impose a security- Confusion and chaos is kind of like <sighs> a- it's a, anyway, it's a technique. But we're getting it's, political. We're, we're going to try not watch to. It, watch it. But it's, uh, no, I, I want to go back to the competency thing. If you're attempting to, if you have a credible, uh, so the, the issue is there's some credible risk that uh, people coming from certain countries may be able to bypass some kinds of security requirements. And so that makes a lot of sense. I get it. I understand that that's secret, right? And some of that has been come out from the government. There's been some back channel discussion that's gotten into the press. I get that. However, Given that this is going to be widely deployed in a bunch of countries and people are going to arrive at airports unprepared, but you're going to turn them away or you're not going to let them bring the stuff in the cabin, um, that doesn't make any sense because everyone will suddenly know in all of those countries at once. And um, so there's a, it's confusing. But Susie, um, you wrote something in our show notes here tell, so, about about not being able to. Uh, oh, I already said. I already said I'd rather <laughs> swim than fly without an iPad or. A oh, Kindle I'm sorry. You did that. You were across the ocean. Get out of here. Sort of That's you. way too long. Yeah, like a cell phone is nice, and I mean, I guess if you're flying, like a lot of those planes have, you know, the entertainment. But still, like, yeah. So I mean, I, yeah, it's it's terrible. I hope we find out more. I hope it doesn't happen. But um, supposedly, no U.S. carriers will be affected. So if you normally fly across the country on, you know, United or whatever, you should be fine, but who knows? So and, keep you know, an eye on that, I there guess. There have been restrictions, traveler. not exactly like this, but it is absolutely, let me make it clear, it's absolutely reasonable 
to, in the face of credible evidence, to um, change screening methods and requirements because sometimes they're like, we have, you know, there's chatter on the whatever intercepts mm-hmm. they're getting and they like know someone's going to try to bring a shoe bomb onto a plane. So like you take everyone's shoes off, you swab them down. I mean, that stinks, but that's what you do. Yeah, but and, they never said like you have to check all your shoes. Like you still well, get to wear your shoes on oh, the cabin like once they've been, you know, kind of screened. Oh my God. Uh, have you been watching The Good Place? Uh, no. It's a... a, a, a Totally unrelated to the show, uh, to the, our podcast. Everyone should watch The Good Place. It's fanta- fantastic. Some of the best TV I've seen. It's really a show about morality, but it's very funny. But there's a bit where one of the characters who's sort of angel-like says, do you ever take off your shoes on a plane? The other character says, no, who does that? He says, people who go to the bad place. That's who do that. Um, <laughs> so anyway, it's a good line. But uh, So yeah, we don't want to check our shoes. Um, but my thing is, I don't want to put, I never want to put electronics in check baggage on any airline because A, yeah. it'll be broken, B, it will be stolen. Lose there, it, it'll be broken, it'll be stolen. It'll be stolen. There's been yeah. innumerable cases in which baggage handlers- Yeah, you get handlers, your bag back and the, the computer's just gone, yeah. totally. And, the, and no offense to the honest baggage carriers out there, which are almost certainly the vast majority of people who work in baggage handling are huh? honest people who wouldn't steal, but you don't need that many people. And the deal is, when it gets discovered, there's- Video cameras and footage behind, everywhere everyone works, right? So there'll be a court case, someone, you know, big charges brought, and then the TSA or whomever is responsible, the airport authority, settles because they don't want to reveal any of the secrets of how they're handling and doing security. So they'll settle and pay somebody off, but the person is often not fired. They get, they quit or they're, I mean, they're fired, but they're not charged anything, and they'll get a job somewhere else. So there have actually been reports of uh, credible reporting about people uh, who are thieves who basically work their way around and sometimes they get caught and sometimes they don't, but they never go to jail for it, right? And they don't get blackballed wow. because they haven't been charged. So um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to put a laptop. Laptops will get cracked in checked baggage. So yeah. Don't know what people do. I mean, this is another way that business gets deterred too, is people from these countries trying to do business flying on these airlines are going to have uh, some trouble. Just work on your phone. Everyone move everything to the cloud and just rent a Chromebook at the airport. Exactly. And, exactly. I don't know. Yeah. Hopefully well, the, this won't mess up things for too many of our listeners, but be aware if you travel in and out of other countries Yep, this is just a few countries now, but and I expect you know I think the outcry again the business world outcry so it affects airlines, airline revenue, business travelers, U.S. interests. So I can't imagine there'll be so much pressure about this. I can't imagine it remains in place longer than is necessary. And again, I appreciate the U.S. government taking measures in advance of potential terrorist or other kinds of attacks to um, to to minimize those. But communication is a good thing. Um, speaking of communication. I have great segues, don't I? Um, story came out a few days the ago. Best, best in the business. Yes, uh, segues. Um, <laughs> so it's calling this uh, Beauty and the Beast mode. Um, as people were just surprised the day that the Beauty and the Beast movie uh, was released. Some people got uh, what seemed to be advertisements from their Amazon Echoes, mm. which was kind of not that cool. It felt like um, folks would. No, it was the Google Home. Oh, I'm sorry. I called. I beg your pardon, Amazon. Google Home, not Amazon, would never market something. My mistake. So it's the Google Home, and if you said, "Okay, Google, what is my day like?" which is supposed to tell you the time, the weather, you know, commuting things, and then it would say, "By the way, Disney's live-action Beauty and the Beast opens today." And then at the end, uh, it would be, play a little piano music. 
ask me something about Bell. Have a good one. And then, like, so, you know, you can, like, interact with that about the movie. But, like, the weird thing is that Google swears this isn't an ad. They were testing – well, you know what it is. They were testing to see whether people would get angry about it. And if they didn't get angry, they would turn it into an ad platform uh, is my suspicion. Because being able to say that it's not an ad gives them deniability if they had a negative backlash, which is what happens. They probably won't roll it out as a a platform or as a position to sell to people. Although we'll see. I mean, you know, the thing is, I, what if you're what if you're a film buff or you have kids and you want to know about new kids' films and you could say, "Hey, Google, um, oh, I shouldn't have said that right now. Everyone's phones distracted. Ahoy, telephone, uh, <laughs> ahoy, device in my house. Um, I want to know about new releases of kids' films. Tell me every time a G movie comes out when I ask you about today. That's yeah. a great thing. Well, then they're always try, like try, like every time there's a Siri update, they're like, and she knows so much more about the movies that are playing around you. And I'm like, just t- have her tell me what's on Netflix, okay? Yeah, like exactly. they, they're so into like movies in the theater. And until I had a kid, like I wasn't gonna go see movies in the theater. I don't know. We go now, so yeah, that that actual feature would be good. Like, let me know. All the kids' movies are PG now. It's weird. Oh no, well, that's weird. I think it's so they can put in a few potty jokes to keep the parents entertained. I don't well, know. Um, Google's initial response, by the way, uh, from a spokesperson. I'm looking at the register.co.uk. Uh, uh, <laughs> These responses because, are funny. Well, I like the register because it's a uh, you know, UK publication. Google's official response to this is absolutely pants on head mad, is there, <laughs> which is beautiful, beautiful way to write about that. And so Google, here's what Google responded. This isn't an ad. The beauty in the assistant is that it invites our partners to be our guest and share their tales. Like, oh, come on. It's not an ad. It's a message from our trusted Just partner. Don't, don't, don't be my guest. Don't be my guest. Be better. That's an ad. Google, hello. Can you Google, well, it, like, it's what not is an ad? an ad if you paid for it, right? <laughs> not an ad if you didn't get paid. But I think this is, uh, you know, people put out pilot fish. It's like, hey, what if Facebook, uh, you know, sold all your information to other people? Like, oh, oh, that's a bad idea. Well, we didn't really mean to do that anyway. But then they came up with another update saying uh, it's part of my day feature, which provides helpful information. We sometimes call out timely content and we're ex- continuing to experiment with new ways to surface unique content. So first it was a message from a partner. Now it's just unique content also from a partner, um, <laughs> which still makes it an ad. Here's my content. <laughs> um, other anyway. Int- other interesting news, though, is um, uh, on the augmented reality front, um, Apple uh, report from Bloomberg that Apple is uh, pushing harder towards uh, turning augmented reality into some kind of product and um, thing they do. And we know from previous reports that Apple was much and, and Tim Cook's public statements a number of times that Apple was much less interested in virtual reality in which you are in an immersive environment uh, than augmented reality, which overlays information about the environment you're in. And um, I've been very excited about the two camera iPhone S plus because it provides enough, enough depth sensing uh, through the two cameras that it could actually very easily be a first step towards um, you know, very straightforward augmented reality uh, types of uh, overlays. And uh, there's discussion. Apparently, the Bloomberg report says uh, there could be glasses coming that would be linked to a phone. So uh, I would love to wear, like, let's say I've got, I have to wear glasses anyway. If I get a pair of glasses, I mean, I don't know how weird they'll be. Can I get prescriptions for them? I don't want to wear a Google Glass, you know, kind of thing that was too uh, obtrusive. But, like, if they can make something that's less obtrusive linked to a device I already own, so the computing power in the camera or the, the, the glasses has to be uh, relatively slight. Um, all it's doing is capturing and relaying information back and forth, basically a little camera or two cameras and then um, projecting something maybe with LEDs or who knows what. 
So yeah, it'd be interesting to see what direction they take the glasses because you could do something that's kind of um, business focused, like Google Glass is sort of dead as a consumer product, <laughs> but it could still be used in you know industrial. <laughs> um, and well, no, every well, I'm time we at go to else, I'll tell you in a minute. Go ahead. Okay, every time we go to CES, um, there's you know there's other kind of Google Glass like things, and they're almost always targeted to an industrial setting because um, there's a lot of potential there. And then, um, or there's the complete other end of the spectrum, which is uh, Snapchat spec- spectacles, um, and those are just they're fun. They're a toy, but I mean, you could get a lot of like learning done. That could be like really good prototyping for what comes next, which I think like the ultimate you know a our goal is like the perfect um, smart car heads up display. So, uh, yeah. And like, so when our uh, intrepid reporters were at South by Southwest last week, um, AR and VR were the big things. And they even got a demo at Sony, which they did a cool video of, of some like uh, headset free VR things. So, so yeah, like everyone knows that the headsets suck. Everyone knows that Google Glass sucked. But I mean, these companies are are starting to think beyond that and and prototyping some cool things. So I think one way they could prototype it is just to like to make a toy, to make like Snapchat spectacles. Because uh, so in Bloomberg, uh, Mark Gurman's report, there wasn't like a lot of really really new stuff. It had a lot of like names of people that are like allegedly working on this. But like uh, an interesting thing was he was talking about um, the. The camera setup that you know that that they they might be working on for the for the next iPhone and what kind of things they could do with AR in that and of course like like any any new app or technology has to has to do what Snapchat's doing so they were talking about like yeah you know tracking your head and putting like you know filters and different things on on photos for for live video and stuff so. And that's exactly what Snapchat does. And that's all AR. Like Snapchat is is doing really good, like very casual, mobile, fun, silly AR. Um, and and that's how they could kind of kind of break it out. Like start start with the silly and then work up to the serious. I, I dig that too. I think AR is it, uh, it's got a lot much lower computational burden. It's much more immediately useful. The use case for it. Is you know immediately talk about navigation information. I mean, God, with facial recognition, look, I have this. I have a very very good memory, but it works very quirkily. The first time I meet somebody and they tell me their name, it disappears as they're saying it. It takes like the second or third time. Can you imagine a facial recognition app that has someone spoke (gasps) their name and you as they introduce themselves to you, it would recognize their face, it would attach the name, and they would float around with them as you learn the name, and you could turn it off, say I know Jane, and it would flip it off or something like that, but. Like um, I just think of uh, in business and person social settings. Uh, that would be huge. It would be great. Like a so, and it's like you know. Here's the thing. I'm trying St- to learn the names of all the other parents on my kids' oh, like t-ball team, and it's so hard. Well, I, I was so taking hard. this uh, last quarter. Uh, you know, I'm doing this letterpress project, and I took three separate letterpress classes with uh, you know anywhere from like eight to twelve people each. And because we're too old to meet that many people yeah, now, my brain can't fill it. So I did. <laughs> I, I eventually compute. got everyone's name down, but it took me much longer than it used to. So, yeah. but I think you know, technology as a tool to shave down social awkwardness is a oh, is a reasonable yeah. one. But it's just 
augmented reality has tons of immediate benefits because there's things in the real world that having cues about or being able to look at a grocery shelf. Imagine this. Imagine this. It's the future. You look at a grocery oh, you shelf. you see like price per unit. Exactly. You would look at, I'm like, which gosh, has which of the these? Least, I'm always like looking to see which has the least grams of sugar. You'd say, ahoy telephone, like, which of these products is the cheapest? Some slices of bread have like three grams of sugar per slice and then the brand right next to it will have one gram of sugar per slice. And you got to pick up every loaf of bread until you find the one with one gram of sugar per slice. You'd say, Ahoy Telephone, which of these is the best bargain? And it would say, like, oh, and then it would highlight heaven. it. Or, Ahoy Telephone, I don't want to buy any product that Except has we need companies uh, more than five with women grams working of sugar. there to like think of things like this. Yeah, and they'd put what they do is they would stick uh, forward facing QR t- codes or other kinds of small tags that would be uh, compatible with augmented you know reality. Be good at this is Amazon. Yeah. So, right, well, Amazon, they'd have That's to partner with That's what they were trying to do with stores. the Fire Phone. You'd hold it up to things and it would find those things on Amazon. Right. But this is, this is a thing that has to benefit the stores, which means that yeah. if the store, but like if you were a supermarket and you were able to say you're a Kroger chain or something, and you'd say, we've worked with our suppliers so that 92% of our products are AR compatible so you can find the best deals. Um, and as you walk they through the store, apps. They pop could up. do this like, yeah, well, right but, now. Uh, yeah, it would be easier with glasses. It's not as, but like just being able to look at a shelf and have it yeah. tell you what's in inventory and what's available. Um, the reason I was laughing earlier, by the way, is I was picturing okay. because of, okay, so think about how you charge the um, I wireless. I ma- my hot take. The wireless, <laughs> I wasn't laughing at you. The, the thing how you charge the Apple, uh, you know, uh, the mouse, I can't remember which version it was, you know, with the weird, you have the to magic turn it upside mouse. down. Right. Yes. Think how you charge the pencil. I was picturing how you would charge Apple glasses and I was like, oh, it would be the end of one of the stems. You would pull something off and like stick it at an angle. There'd be a lightning connector. And it would be like the glasses would be like sticking in the air with one of the stems and a charger. You know, that's going to be the case. You know it. It's, uh, it'll be inductive probably, but, uh, <laughs> but I just, I don't know. I can picture the glasses sticking up. So we all, so we like, uh, we like our, we hope things move on. I also agree with you about the spectacles. I love the idea of a pass through technology like that, where the advantage is wearing them, not being out of the scene. So spectacles is a product. I, I, I thought it was brilliant because it doesn't give you feedback per se. You're mm-hmm. not, you're just seeing what you normally see. So yeah. you're living your life but you like to capture it, that's cool. It versus and because not it's sunglasses, I feel it's more casual. Right. There's lower expectations. It's not like, I'm going to be wearing these sunglasses from like dawn to dusk and they have to like lad the charge us to last all day and it has to be like, it's it's fun. It's They're a toy. I think they and came like, with a Apple's very good And like Apple's kind of gotten crapped on before for making like products that other people are like, oh, that's just a toy. You know what? People like toys. <laughs> if, it's fun, if it's fun enough though, it's problem is that making something that, that feels like, that seems to some people like a toy but isn't fun enough, right? And it's Google like, Glass was such an unfinished, like crappy prototype. But if your prototype is a toy and you can still like learn the same things from releasing right. it, then like people are going to be happy. Like, I don't know how much do spectacles cost? Like 99 bucks? There uh, might be a little more, but the, the, I, I think it's okay. I mean, I think Google Glass, the reason it got such a bad rap is it was pushed as if it was a real thing that was going to ship at some point instead of this incredibly cool cutting edge ahead of the field, uh, ahead of the uh, game technology that was totally for gathering information, understanding and figuring what developers wanted. If they had pitched it entirely as this is our, we are putting our toes in the future, not this is the future. Then yeah. I think they would have done much better. And the same thing with a lot it's of a other fine line. They were close, yeah. but like, yeah, they, kept just, pushing, yeah. they kept talking about it. everyone's like, this is the future. It's like, no, this is a prototype because the real thing won't be this obtrusive and it won't be whatever. Well, they're 130. 
folks if you pay tax and and um you know oh sorry, <laughs> sorry, Wait, sorry. i'm not being political i swear <laughs> even if you don't pay tax you gotta file tax forms apparently um i'm gonna make everyone angry i uh had my taxes done in january this year I have an oh account. yeah no i've got my money back already oh, I, did mine. I i needed to uh, we needed to uh, get a home equity line of credit got a little construction needs to happen so we had to file our taxes early to be able to talk to the bank so um, it was horrible because I hate doing taxes. Uh, but having You're it out of the way, I keep thinking it's March. And I'm like, oh, God, I haven't done anything yet. I'm like, no, I'm done. I've even uh, – but we have a very affordable – that classic Homer line? I filed my taxes over a you, year you ago. See, you see, Lisa, it's uh, – <laughs> I but because um, – oh, oh, I carried quick. over the uh, – How many How many dependents do we have? Nine? Okay, no, it's too late. Um, he gives Marge a painting. He's like, here you go. Thank you for using nuclear power. <laughs> <laughs> it's, d- it's deductible. It's a business gift. Um, so uh, tax software. So yeah, so tax. Yeah, I have an accountant because uh, I have an accountant because my taxes are just complicated enough or have been in certain well, years. you're a freelancer. It's I'm tough. A, well, it's freelance. Yeah. So um, in every year the accountant uh, finds something where probably, they probably save you more money than it costs you, right? Yeah, and it's just it's like also things like um, you know, so as folks may know, I won Jeopardy a few years ago, and uh, I paid tax on it. They, the the government, the federal government, does not withhold your tax on your winnings. California state does because they want their peace because they know you'll they'll never see you again. So you have to file in California to get uh, the difference back between the maximum withholding rate. And um, for a California state. But um, so I file my federal taxes and I send off the money and I know it's good. And then like a year later, I get this uh, letter from the government, my IRS, and says, hey, you didn't pay any tax on like $31,000. I'm like, cool. And I check it out. I'm like, oh, wait, I did pay the tax. And I realized I reported it in the wrong place. And that was my fault because it was the last time I had paid. I did my own taxes that year. The next year I found this accountant. So I called the accountant. I'm like, what do I do? And he explained what I should do. And I filed Found it. An amended IR- return. And the IRS was like, no, that's cool. That's fine. You just had it in the wrong place. You don't know any, there's no penalty because you did actually pay the tax. So I'm like, that saved me so much hardship. However, yeah. a lot of people have taxes so simple because you actually have, say, an employer and maybe you own a house and you Mine have- Mine are quite simple. Yeah. You get a W-2. And if it doesn't change much from year to year, like you didn't get a new right. job, you didn't move, you didn't get married or divorced or have a baby. Or like any extra income from other sources. I mean, I'm all 1099s, baby. I'm all 1099s. Yeah, that's rough. Because um, then you get to like deduct everything. You got to do all your own deductions. Yeah, we had and... enough- med- I had braces, so I had enough medical expenses to do the- Oh, You know, I was able to yeah. deduct some medical expenses, house and blah- pain. So um, I, I probably at this point could go back. Uh, some of the more complicated stuff I was doing a few years ago when I was running multiple businesses has gone away. But um, the thing that I always have to point this out, and there's a guy who tweets this every year. He says, remember, the reason that you have to file taxes when basically all you have is a W-2 is because um, because of lobbying by the companies that do tax preparation and sell tax oh, software. Seriously? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Because many yeah, couldn't countries- Couldn't they just send me a bill? Like, couldn't they figure it out on their end and send me a bill? Most developed countries do this now. 
Yeah. They know because the W-2 goes directly to the federal government. If you, 1099s are filed there as well. Why am and I doing all this work? Exactly. It's it's entirely to sell tax software and tax preparation services um, because nobody in Congress cares just enough to get past the lobbying annoyance because you know that if they tried to do this, I would be like, government overreach. The IRS is stealing your blah, blah, blah. It's like – even though the IRS already has all this information in order to check your returns. So it takes less effort for the IRS to actually send you a bill or a refund than it does to check your return because your return is more likely to be wrong. So it would actually be a net savings for government and it would save uh, hundreds of millions of dollars a year, maybe billions um, in in, uh, time and money people spend. So that said, we have a review (laughs) at (laughs) thatworld.com. If you're doing your own taxes, um, <laughs> HR Block and TurboTax and which program will work for you. And, I used uh, TaxLayer. It was awesome. It's good. And there are some places online you can file for essentially free. Um, you can do electronic filing for almost. So look if you're for, like an easy form, form yeah, 1040, for easy, like very, very simple filer, then you free. can file for free a lot yeah. of places online. It's good. Make sure you get all your all your deductions and credits. There's still, uh, you know, child credits and how, all kinds of solar power and all these things. Take all the money, you know, as they say, as somebody very wise said, uh, maybe I won't squat that, but you know, uh, even Ann Rand, <laughs> even Ann Rand took social security. Just remember that. Um, oh my so moving on, uh, just a couple, couple other, what's that? <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> Let's move on. Let's move on quickly. Email Glenn, email Glenn, email Glenn. Email Glenn. Hey, it's true. Um, Bare Bones, by the way, this is a couple of little stories. Bare Bones, oh, uh, really? uh, got rid of text wrangler. Bummer. But they still have – the thing is they switched to uh, – they made BB Edit um, uh, a freemium product. Uh, uh, oh, that's gosh, right. Never mind. Ago. We don't need Text Wrangler anymore. Exactly. So Text Wrangler, I always – I liked it when it was first introduced because it was sort of yeah, friendly. Yeah, I have it. It was friendlier and BB Edit was sort of more severe and imposing, I would say, in comparison. And over time, that kind of difference changed and the people who need it, it's all kind of converged. So – if you are a text wrangler user, you can keep using it as long as it works. If you want to switch to the latest, greatest, you get BB edit. And then essentially you don't pay for it when the trial runs out and you keep all of the features that are essentially text wrangler features plus some other ones. And if you want BB edit, then you actually pay and unlock it and use the full version. So I'm a long time bare bones software user, been using it for decades. And if you now. already have text wrangler, they said, just keep using yeah, it keep if you want. It. It's fine. It'll keep working. A lot of software like that keeps working. Um, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Text you can get the, but I think it's nice. I think it's a, it's a good gateway drug thing too. Is like getting, giving people the full BB edit for a little bit, then it times out. People will know, like, hey, you know, I really did need that web feature, that project management feature, whatever. And then it's, I forget what it is now, forty bucks, fifty bucks. Um, it's a good deal. I like I said, I've been, uh, I do all of my writing in uh, BB edit in Markdown, and then I convert it to other formats if necessary. Uh, Comcast, I got a Mac 911 com, uh, column coming this week because I got this disturbing email from a uh, Seattleite saying, I think Comcast is somehow hijacking my network and email, uh, outgoing email servers. And I was like, I don't see how they could do that, but tell me more. And we went back and forth. And what I realized is it's behaviors in iOS and macOS associated with iCloud Keychain that I think together – make it seem like Comcast is taking over their system. So I've got a long uh, column about that that um, goes through all the issues of fixing up your Wi-Fi connections, uninstalling Xfinity hotspot software if you don't realize you have it. And um, so if you're having this – I know this is our our dearest listeners are listening to the end. If you're one of those people and you are having strange Comcast or other ISP problems, uh, do let us know because I'm curious. Uh, Comcast does inject JavaScript into your – 
uh, web session. So if you're browsing the web on an unsecured connection to a site and you're like exceeding, you're about to uh, reach your monthly um, bandwidth limit, it'll pop up a message on that page. And it does that by inserting JavaScript into a web session. But I believe the, um, the uh, network connection and the email issue are entirely related to iCloud Keychain and iCloud Sync. So let us know if you have problems like that and we'll, we'll look more into it too. You can uh, email us podcast at macworld.com. You can also send your uh, Mac and uh, iOS questions to mac911 at uh, macworld.com and I will get those as well. Uh, Susie, I think we're done for this week. A lot of news. We'll have new more information as things get released and we can uh, take a look at them because we'll have uh, ostensibly, imagine you'll have reviews and benchmarks and things of the hardware as it comes out. Uh, things that need to be tested because uh, yes. you'll be looking at the iPad. Um, yep. And folks, yeah, we'll you- test the iPad. And uh, the iPad mini didn't really change much, so yeah, I'm not sure yeah. if we'll be doing one of those or not. But not we'll really definitely be change. reviewing the uh, regular iPad because it got a new chip. I'd be happy. I mean, we'll be very excited rather to see the um, where it fits in the uh, iPad Pro uh, thing, like side by side. The cost difference will be there. The features. I, I love having clearly differentiated products. And it's felt like the iPad line, maybe one of the reasons that sales haven't been as spiffy is that people are a little confused about what they're getting. And uh, now they'll get something more modern that's less confusing. Folks, you can find us always at Macworld.com, on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Macworld. I already mentioned the podcast at Macworld.com address. We're at Macworld on Twitter. Susie is S-F-S-O-O-Z on Twitter, and I am G-L-E-N-N-F, where you'll find more of my scintillating remarks about politics and plane travel. Did you ever know? <laughs> yeah, my Twitter is a mess. Don't follow <laughs> me. <laughs> Twitter is a morass Save yourself. Of, of sadness and politics right now, but we're still there, and I still sometimes tell dad jokes. It's just a stream um, of rage. I, I <laughs> I, tell, I still tell dad jokes on there. I come up with bad jokes, and they they fit in the between my other. I'll stuff. try to I'll try to come up with more dad jokes. Dad jokes, dad jokes, dad jokes. What you gonna do when they come for you? My son asked me yesterday if I'd ever killed any snakes, and I said no. And then he said, "Really? Not even when you were a kid?" And then I said no. And then I was like, "Crap! I should have told him all about whacking day." Oh, so missed opportunity day, there. Oh, whacking, whacking day. day. Skull oh, cracking day. day. Oh. Anyway, that's the end of this. That's Until the end next of us. time. <laughs> happy whacking day, everyone. Happy whacking day, everybody. And uh, happy spring in the Northern Hemisphere. So uh, we'll see you again <laughs> next week. This has been the episode numbered 551 for March 22nd, 2017. I've been Glenn Fleischman. This has been Susie Oaks. And we'll be back next week. Bye bye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>